Welcome, dear friends, to the Taviren, a Wheel of Time podcast hosted by three gentlemen for whom the very wheel itself bends around. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Bill, Rob, and Rich. And welcome, good friends. Welcome back to the Taviren, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am Rob. I am back and better than ever. And I am Bill, and I'm back, and I'm worse than ever. <laughs> and Rich is, Rich is on laying beach. on a beach somewhere in a speedo. You, <sighs> you bastard, Rich. <laughs> it's one of those things. Oh yeah, did I forget to tell you I'm not here? Like, oh well. Uh, no, he you know, t- in fairness, he told me, but only for the other podcast. <laughs> but then I got sick. You know, you know what, <laughs> The wheel weaves as the wheel wills. It will, right? and if it will, if it weaves Rich onto a beach. <laughs> Hopefully it'll, him, <laughs> hopefully it'll wheel him away somewhere else as well. <laughs> hey, I've seen that. I've seen those videos of him pumping iron. Uh, he can do whatever he wants. Well, yeah, that's that's why he's the parent of the group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Rich loves his dead weights. So. <laughs> he's certainly got the shoulders for it. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How, how's it going over there? How you uh, doing? It's, uh, well, today it's not actually raining, which makes a very nice change of pace. It's raining over here where I am, so I, we, we got your rain. How about that? <laughs> Oh, good. I like that. As long as it's not over here. Yeah, no, it's pretty much done nothing but rain for like two weeks. And uh, oh boy. Yeah, you know, it's just that time of year. All the sickness bugs are going around. That's why that's why we had all those problems last week with actually recording. Oh, the show. Well, yeah, but you got you got little you got little ones in the house. That's, that stuff that stuff runs through like 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 crazy. I know. I mean, God, yeah, little kids, man, they have they have a bigger social circle than I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it's get those just, daycare cooties. They, they, yeah. they, they'll they'll get you. I know. It's like a fist of tro- it's like a fist of you know a fist of trollops. You know, you just <laughs> don't mess that up. There's a hundred all running around everywhere, <laughs> and then yeah, one of them gets sick. They all get sick, and you get sick. And your daughter's the Kevin running around with yeah. them. And the thing is, by the time you've got your daughter better, you're sick. <laughs> but I know, you like can you lie in bed and do nothing for a day? No. <laughs> you gotta get up and you gotta read our babies 20 times uh, <laughs> oh god yeah bedtime stories but my kid it was a uh, moose if you give a moose a muffin give that, a moose was, a that was his favorite <laughs> yeah no, and at the moment we're in our babies i'm sure i'm sure our wheel of time folks don't want to know about the children's books that we're reading they want to read about the young adult books by robert jordan yes <laughs> of which we think... actually have a review <gasps> we have a five-star review and it's by Ibarra fans. Woohoo! Go parent. <laughs> yeah, love parent. <laughs> <clears throat> Lots of love in this uh, review, by the way. So the title of the review is Love It, and it reads as such. Love the trio. Love their voices and their takes. Love their intros and outros. And love their counters. By the by, it might not be a thing, but if you could do a thirst count when a character almost messes up because they were drooling over a pretty person. <laughs> Ah, wow. Well, I mean, I, that, but that would be a lot of Matt, I guess. I think there's going to be a lot of Rand as well. Or, or, well, not Rand, but maybe uh, I think Min will have a couple of things like, oh, damn, he's in the room again. Oh, God, I can't stop looking at him. That kind of <laughs> in, internal monologue. But Ibarra uh, yeah. fan, thank you very much for the five-star review. Thank you very as, much indeed. Yes. Unfortunately, your counterpart Rich isn't here today. Yes. <laughs> as uh, always, please show some love um, wherever you... Uh, Get your pod catching app. Uh, feel free to drop us some love and I some. It doesn't mean you have to. <laughs> well, it's now you've officially made that a thing. Yeah, nobody nobody likes the word pod catching app. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me think of like a, a dream catcher, like an like a, uh, American Indian uh, dream catcher. Yeah, there's a mystical thing where people just hope it will catch their podcasts so they can I'm listen. Running to around, it I'm running around with a net, 
on a, on, a, on a stick and just swing it around in the air and trying to catch all the pods. <laughs> yeah, catching butterfly shaped podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, I like that I'm gonna make. Okay. It. <laughs> hey, Bill, what's new in the world of Wheel of Time news? Wheel of Time news. Uh, well, you know, there hasn't been anything major. Uh, there's been a few little bits pop up here and there, um, casting-wise. I think the most interesting one is all the fan theories jumping around on um, one of the girls who was cast in the show as uh, something Ibarra. I, don't, I can't remember what the name was exactly. But, who's um, that girl? Who's that girl? Yeah, and then someone quickly... Um, so <laughs> it's really <coughs> funny because this is what always happens, you know. Um, there, was, there, was some, there was some readings put out there of um, Matt and Padding Fane and um, I think it was Nynaeve. Okay, like auditions, and, right? Yeah, they were like auditions readings uh, from the Wheel of Time and of these specific actors. Now, I don't know who... Has, has, was Padding Fane cast? He's, I don't think he's been officially cast yet. Oh, okay. But I think, yeah, there must have been... I think there was a video put out of someone reading for Padding Fane's lines. So okay. that, that was very strange to me. But um, but yeah, apparently Matt's lines were mostly comedic and stuff. And people have been trying to sort of put a lot out of... Um, like they've been trying to guess a lot of stuff from these lines that were written. You know, They could have just been written as junk lines you know, to throw away, maybe not be used later on in the show. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, like the big fan theory at the moment is that maybe they're going to cut the whole Berlon uh, thing. Uh, Bailon. Where they, where they go to the town. Because, you know, realistically, you could just introduce Min at a later stage. It could be, yeah, that's true. I mean, the only key... it's Barrowline's more like a set-up town for the reader. Yes, you know? exactly. This so, is their first yeah, first jaunt outside of the two rivers, and this is how real-world sort of works. Whereas the show might be a bit more exciting if, you know, episode one is them, you know, two rivers, two rivers gets attacked, they escape the two rivers, and then the second episode they're still running away from the Trolloc hordes and then they go to Shadow Logoth. Yeah. You know, and I think the second episode is actually, they've released the titles with them, they? the second episode is called Shadows Waiting. So you would kind that's, of assume yeah, that's where it's going to be in. So yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of conjecture about that on how they think they're going to be skicking out the Berlon section of the book. As much um, as we'd like, this, this show can't be 80 episodes in the first book. So <laughs> yeah, something's well, going to have to get cut. I know. I'm amazed at the pace, though. Um, I mean, the the funding that Amazon have put into this is ridiculous. Now, admit, admittedly, Amazon do like do double the amount of funding for everything they do. <laughs> all, all their yes. all their original content is like just ridiculously highly funded compared to everything else. And I think Wheel of Time's like almost a double per episode what Game of Thrones was doing. Wow. I think they're doing like twelve million dollars production per episode. Now this is against Game of Thrones season first couple of seasons, right? I think yeah, I think against the first couple of seasons, but even so, still, so that's, that's a huge. Investment. It is, but my theory then, is, my theory with that is, when Game of Thrones first started, no one knew what was going to be with that show. So at the beginning, HBO was like, "Well, this is our normal setup for new shows, and this is our, you know, your first season is what we normally go with." Mm-hmm. Now, since the blueprint's already been set. Amazon's like, well, we know we have good source material and we know there's potential there. So if we pump it with money, we may have something extraordinary. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, not throwing money at stuff doesn't always make it good. <laughs> but but it can make it better than crap. Yeah. But I mean, generally, all the stuff on Amazon looks good. I mean, I didn't really think uh, The Man in the High Castle was great. But I think that's just where the sort, I think that's the sort of like book is great. But I don't think it translates well into a TV show. 
But yeah. like the, that TV show has done really well, and the production value on it is amazing. <coughs> I watched the first couple of episodes and sort of just fell out of it because it was just like it's too slow and intriguing. <laughs> I got to admit, I haven't watched much Amazon original content. My wife and I watched the Jack Ryan, um, the the one that had Julia yeah. Roberts in it. We watched a few episodes of that. That looked really good. Um, no. But but yeah, uh, I watched uh, uh, what's it? Um, uh, American Gods. That's great. Oh yeah, it's hilarious as well because it's American Gods and all the. Oh, someone else told me about that British. show. That the su- superheroes who are kind of indifferent or. Oh yeah, uh, well uh, I've I've got I've got beef with that show. Uh, is it called Bad oh. Guys? Oh okay, I'm I'm crossing my care. Sorry about that. No 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 no, it's fine. Uh, it's just because um, Fox has the rights to make uh, the film slash TV show whatever they want to do with it of um, the Brandon Sanderson series uh, Steelheart. Which is kind of like, what if the world was run by bad superheroes? <laughs> and they've sat on this, uh, so they've sat on this thing for ages. Fox never got round to actually making it, and now they've been bought out by Disney, and now it's kind of on the permanent hiatus list at Disney. Yeah, <laughs> and they'll uh, probably add it to their Disney Plus service, so it'll be up well. To, well, no, but this, this is the thing. Now that this now that this program called Bad Guys came out, which is kind of it's a very 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 similar concept to Steelheart. It's like they reckon that's been the nail in the coffin. They don't think they'll. They don't think Disney yeah. will make something so similar to something that's already out. Gotcha. So yeah, I'm kind of. I've got beef with bad guys only because I love. I love Brandon Sanderson and I think Steelheart is an amazing set of books for young adults. Because uh, okay. it, it, it's a YA book, <laughs> you know. <laughs> don't don't go into that expecting a lot of adult content. <laughs> but it's it's still it's still it was still a really nice read. But uh, yeah. Uh, so the final thing that happened as well. Um, so you, you know those 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 casting video uh, videos got taken down pretty quickly. They were on Vimo, I believe. Uh, okay. And um, the other thing was one of the casting agencies uh, updated some of the profiles for some of the people on their lists to say that they were working on the Wheel of Time pod, uh, the Wheel of Time show, <laughs> Wheel of Time podcast. They're coming That's to work us. for us. They're coming to work for us, Rob. <laughs> hey, more, um, more, more help. Yeah, and so um, uh, these again, these these were very quickly taken down. But you know, people are quick; they take screenshots of stuff. <laughs> and there. one of the actresses uh, who was called uh, something Ibarra, I can't remember what it was. Uh, and yeah, the clever the clever sods looked at the uh, the the day one casting video that they put out a week ago, and lo and behold, she's sitting next to Perry. Dun dun dun. So we think we may have uh, a relative of Perry. Actually, uh, po- actually cast in the show. So my my kind of guess, looking at her, was she'd either be his sister or his cousin, maybe. Yeah, probably Perry... someone from the Ibarra farm. Yeah, because uh, she might have one or two lines. Because the family is quite big, and I do seem to. I mean, we'll have to get to this later on in the later books when uh, a few things happen. <laughs> no spoilers. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure Perrin does mention that he has got a large family and he has got a favoured cousin. I do remember that. And I think that, of the three, Perrin was the most homesick. Yes. So, I mean, we know that his, his farm got sacked in the Trolloc raid. Yes, we know that. But much. not completely eviscerated. So there's yeah, we don't, obviously we don't, But we don't survivors. know quite what's happened to his family at this point. Yeah. Um, but I, I think for the most part, they survived the Trolloc thing. But I do seem to remember... So this I don't think this is until like books five or six or something... I mm-hmm. seem to remember Perrin talking about his family in those books and mentioning he has a favourite like little cousin. Mm-hmm. But I could be, I, yeah, I I could be completely right. wrong. You know, these books are so long and extensive; it sometimes the the details become quite fuzzy. Yeah. 
I'm sure one of our Discord listeners will will, will help to uh, enlighten us. But yes, but that's that's uh, my think... that's my take on it because uh, she doesn't look anything like the guy playing Perrin. So I do seem to think it's going to be his cousin. <laughs> now um, I saw um, I saw Nablus's take on this, um, Rob. I don't know if you, I don't think you watched it, did you? I I got I actually was watching it up until the point I had to sign on with you. So oh, okay. I, I didn't, <laughs> he was he was talking about the videos, but didn't get specifically to this uh, Ibarra character. Ah, okay, okay. So um, yeah, he's now I'm going to completely disagree with Nablus here. Now, he could have inside information, I don't know. But he seems to oh, think boy. that it's going to be Perrin's wife. She's I mean, she does look very different to the guy playing Perrin. <sighs> but I, I think I think wife's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> I mean, we can't spoil things. No. Which may not know of this of of, of this, yeah yeah let's, but... let's move on from that but yeah yeah <laughs> it's just it's yeah they so he he's his fan theory <laughs> was that it's he's gonna spinning, be he's spinning it yeah like perrin's just got married and she's gonna die during the during trollocs raid and then that's going to give him a bit more backstory for the tv fans which does kind of make sense but you know I, yeah i will i will say because because in the video he did mention uh that the story is going to have to be changed for necessity in the TV show. And if Perrin needs a quick character build, yeah, this is I one think, way to do it. Because at the moment, even at the moment in the books, we're, we're, you know, we two chapters back, we had Wolf Brother, where we finally start to build up Kevin, uh, Kevin, <laughs> Perrin, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where we slowly Kevin. start to build up Kevin, Kevin the Murderer. <laughs> uh, we, we slowly start to build up his, uh, his backstory. Uh, yes. or, uh, actually, just his, his current story, actually, and just building his character. Because I think at this point in the book, we haven't had any sort of viewpoints with Matt, have we? And so we've had no, no character building with Matt apart from what other people see of him. Side of fingering his dagger, that's all <laughs> yep. we have with Matt now. So we're getting a bit of story from Perrin that they may want to you know, interject stuff earlier on to sort of build out their character. I, mean, I can see that. Out more. Especially as you're going to have you know, the three boys as the big sort of draw of the show. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah, you never know. It could be Perrin's <clears> wife. They may sort of add something in there where she dies or early on or just maybe even and, completely change stuff from well, later on. And to be completely honest, if if that is the case and this is Perrin's <clears throat> wife and she was to die in Trolloc Raid, that really doesn't affect further future events of Perrin. No. It just, future it just, events could still happen. It will just help uh, people attach themselves more to his character and feel yeah. his pain a bit more. Uh, but you see him as a happy husband uh, with a loving wife. Maybe just got married. You know, you more he's more of an endearing character. Yeah, but you I don't know, want him. Feel... I don't want him to make him too angsty. <laughs> no, he's he's the least angsty of the three. So yeah, hopefully Rafe. You know. Yeah, I I, I really hope it's going <clears> to turn out to be like his favorite cousin. <laughs> I hope so too. And, and then we can see her getting butchered by a a, a crow face trollop. <laughs> I have such a happy outlook on life, don't I, Rob? Oh, anyway, happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. Anyway, should, oh, we, should, thoughts. should we move on to today's chapter? Chapter, chapters, chapters. We're going to Her... start with Eye of the World, chapter twenty-seven. Shelter 20... from the storm. Or, yeah, twenty-six. White Bridge. And wait, twenty-seven. Shelter from the storm. Oh, excuse me. Let me flip. So we're doing twenty-seven and twenty-eight. Ah, yeah, twenty-seven, okay. twenty-eight. See, that's what happens when I miss miss. Miss this, miss you guys for a couple yeah, weeks. We, we did, we did Whitebridge. You know, God, you guys, you guys were killing it. I, Tom, I, I love Tom it. And, Tom and Kevin get into bed at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's canon now. <laughs> Sorry, Tom and Kevin it, are in a relationship. <laughs> those babies going to be ugly, but really good at juggling. 
<laughs> oh, and um, good job on the uh, second tellings of the wheel. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, you know, I didn't, have much, didn't have much choice on that. <laughs> uh, once again, sorry about that. Yeah, I was, I almost, I thought I had enough material from uh, one of the previous chapters as well to do something on the Tuatha one, but um, I couldn't really put it all together nicely enough. Oh, so, yeah, well, yeah. Because uh, I, I, was, I was reading all the bits where Eilis talks about them and the way of the leaf and all that sort of stuff, and it just didn't seem to flow very nicely like the other two episodes. So I'm still waiting <coughs> for my next, my next tellings of the wheel. Yeah. Hopefully, Mor hopefully Moraine will give us some information soon on something. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find it along the way somewhere. Yeah, I'm hoping to find some other people talking about, you know, towels from the Wheel of Time, within the Wheel of Time, that aren't Moraine. <laughs> I think, yeah. I don't know when the next one comes up, but I'm sure there are yeah. definitely more coming. Yeah, but I, I, like the, I like these little history lessons from the Age of Legends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think cool. they're quite fun. Uh, but anyway, so Perrin, and uh, Perrin's with the uh, Tuatha one at the moment, isn't he? <clears throat> yes. Uh, my, yeah, my first note here says, Perrin is getting frustrated with the Tinker's lack of urgency. He's very... He's very goal-driven and struggles with how they're just me like wanderers and meander around and whatever happens happens and, and parents are more like well you know A B C D E we gotta you know we gotta have a reason gotta have a goal mm. and it, the the laid back laissez faire attitude is just not his way. Yeah, he's very much wanting to sort of just continue his journey very quickly, but the tough yes. ones sort of tend to just you know labor along <laughs> slowly. Uh, come going sit, drink, dance. I I still don't know what these people are doing so deep into this forest. You wouldn't think they'd go that far off off, off, off the road, would you? But you know, <clears throat> well, aren't they semi ostracized by organ like cities and stuff? Like they can never are they're allowed around cities? Maybe help <laughs> tinker and fix things, but for reality, yeah, they steer clear. I know, but at the moment, we are a huge distance away from anywhere. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, I think I think the wheel has delivered these people to Perry. <laughs> yeah, um, obviously. And 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 egging to Aram, yes. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, um, Perrin's getting very frustrated with the whole thing, and uh, he yeah. kind of, uh, you know, he's getting very frustrated with the fact that they're always dancing. <laughs> no, we'll always, get to that. <laughs> always, always wear, always wearing his clothes. Yeah, the, the dancing bit later on is great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Perrin also is starting to see a strained relationship between Elias and the Tinkers. Um, you know, they put they put a smile on each other's faces, but but the facade quickly fades after after passing. Uh, Perrin, Perrin does state that the tinkers are like he compares them to like skittish deer, and yes. of course Elias would be the wolf. Indeed, and yeah, he he can he compares it mostly using the um, the way Eilus walks, doesn't he? He says it Eilus when he walks, he looks like he's like just oozing danger. <laughs> Whereas the the Tuatha one couldn't be any further from that. <laughs> they just yeah. look, they they just look like calm, nice, happy, relaxed people, but also ready to run away at any moment because they're a bunch of pussies. <laughs> Wait, yes. <are> pussy? <laughs> <laughs> Bang. Oh man, <laughs> I love you, man. Where'd leave, bro? <laughs> oh, you, you stole me. You stole my next note. <laughs> Almost literally, man. My next note says parents worried about the longer they stay with the tinkers, the, the, the greater the risk of the trial parade. So yes. Elias's reaction is is chill, bro. Chill, bro. <laughs> yeah. Chill, he's, bro. He, he's worried at any moment the trollops and the Myrtles are just going to descend upon the Tuath one and just butcher everyone. He even, has, in, he even has some bad you know dreams what? about it. I'm going to pull a little comparison here. By Elias telling him to kind of literally chill, bro. That's almost 
like Maureen saying, well, that's just the way the wheel weaves. Yes. In fact, actually, because when a parent asks Eilis, uh, why aren't we moving on? Eilis is just basically like, nah, I'm not feeling it yet. <laughs> you know, he's like, it's not time yet. But then we, you know, we find out what triggers the correct time to leave. But yes. at this point when he's like, no, I'm not ready yet. It's, it's not right. Yeah, he's just, he's uh, just like, it's, it's basically, I've got a gut feeling. And he's like, I've always trusted my gut and it's always done me well. Right yeah. now, this is where we need to be. You know, yeah. you need you need to be watching. You need to be watching your friend dancing with another guy. <laughs> or Even she's kind of half betrothed to your best mate. <laughs> You know, uh, <laughs> come on, come on, Perry. You should be, you should be protecting your brother's honor, man. <laughs> you should, you know, she, she's Rand's girl, man. You're, you're letting uh, her dance off with this guy, who won't even punch you back if you hit him. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, the, the, I'm so, not really like that. I'm just, you know, protecting. Oh, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so between time with Isla and and as I like to refer, Mr. Player, Edwayne did spend a lot. Did not spend a lot of time with with Perrin. And that's getting Parent a little more worried. He's like, uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, Egwene is starting to get enwrapped in this culture and the way of Leaf. I hope nothing sticks with her. So, <laughs> as, as we'll know, nothing is farther from the truth, but that, that's one more kind of notch in Perrin's angst meter, I guess, lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, Aaron, uh, what's his name? I call him Aram. Aram, yeah. Aram. Aram's given her some uh, blue beads as well, which are around her neck, and she keeps playing with. Yes. You know, he's given her gifts, dancing with her all the time, and, uh, yes. and yeah. <laughs> and um, I like I like the bit about where um, the, uh, the tinkers are. He talks about how they're always just playing bloody music, <laughs> and yes. and how infectious it is. And um, yeah, they start playing all these all these songs that he recognised, but they just had different names from in the two rivers. Uh, like Free Girls in the Meadows, which the Tinker's called Pretty Maids Dancing. And so, you know, one day Perry, not thinking about it, he asked for the Tinker Has My Pot. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have that incredibly racist song? About yourself. About yourself, yeah. (laughs) Do you have that song by NWA? I can can see him, like, if they do it in the book or in the TV show, it's one of those things where he says, and as he's saying the last word, he's like... Oh, do you know the tinker has my pot? Oh. Uh, <laughs> tinker yeah. has pot. But you know the, tink, the tinkers have a sense of humor. They fell over laughing. They said it was called toss the feathers, or <laughs> or toss off farm boy. You know, farm boy. That would be a <laughs> toss off the farm boy. That's not very way to leave of you. <laughs> no. Hey man. But this does lead into probably one of the more funniest parts of this book. And that is the dance, the slow dance of the Tuathon. Oh, God, I love this. <laughs> I cracked up every time I read this. The parent is sorely unprepared yeah. for how women dance slow yeah. and smile and wink. So and to me, this really sounds like sort of like the Arabian type of belly dancing. Or yes. Tur- or Turkish belly dancing sort of or thing. Even, or even like uh, Hawaiian hula dancing. Yes, that's that sort of thing. But, you know, very slow, very sensual. The women... They make eye contact with you as they're doing it, and they like the way the way he just uh, the way Robert Jordan describes the dance as well. It's like they don't break eye contact. So as they spin round, their head stays still on you, and it just flips round for a second, looking back at Perry. I just did that. I just did that. Whole I move. just saw you do that. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot, my, I forgot my camera was on for you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not some farm boy from the Two Rivers, Bill. You can't 
Don't don't try to woo me with your crazy ways. Woo <laughs> uh, with my sexy eyes that nobody can see because this is a podcast. <laughs> uh, all right, yes. now now you had to make it weird. <laughs> but yes, um, but yeah, all but it's like it starts off with one woman, and then another, mm-hmm. and then another, and then another, and he's just like I could co- I could count with a couple, but when it got to eight, it's just like <laughs> I had, I had to go put a pillow over my over my lap. <laughs> Very wrong. Then it's like he he started to realize well. How come when I look away and I look back, there's three more women? <laughs> yeah, every time I look away, there's more of them. And then he realize, he realizes that because of the fact he's getting so embarrassed, it just makes it even worse. And then they just they just want to embarrass him because they think oh, it's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. And Elias and then, has a good one liner. I think Elias says something like, Yeah, uh, you know, they don't dance for him like that anymore. So he's glad that they're young and around for them to yeah. feel inspired says, to dance. <laughs> he says it takes a bit more to warm his blood, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> takes more than that to warm my blood <laughs> but uh, but for you youngins <laughs> um, and then yeah then, uh, and, then he then, starts to learn it yes right she's <laughs> Dirty it's, it's it's and this is good character building for Egwene because you get you get the feeling that she's curious and unafraid yes she'll try anything Indeed, and we know we know she's kind of we know she's in the background nervous because in the last chapter we had with Perrin and Degwain, uh, she cried on his shoulder, just asking yes. him to tell her it was okay, even though he told her off for dancing. So she's just trying to enjoy herself and just forget forget the problems for the moment because the exactly. problems are only around the corner. Yes, as we know, but it was once he saw Egwin starting to learn the dance, then his you know you could almost hear his the top of his head just go. Because he's like, I can't take this. this? Okay, now it's too much. Like, I, I can't. Yeah, I, I know her. <laughs> yeah, I know her. She can't be doing that. And, ugh, Brand, I love you, brother, like a brother, but, <laughs> but yeah, I need to go to bed. Egwene <laughs> ain't going to be my baby mama. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, um, so so we're, what happens next? So we've, we've had the sexy dancing. <laughs> well, I think, I think you know, par- parents, you know, he, he sees Egwin dance and he's upset. I mean, we, you and I can look at it and say she's trying to compartmentalize and she's living in the moment and, and trying something new and exciting. But all he can think about is, aren't you worried that we're going to rain? Just us being here is going to bring death and destruction, death, death and destruction <laughs> down on you. And, and she, she kind of is the same way as, as Elias. She's, she's living the moment. It's, we're, to, you know, Tomorrow we fight, tonight we dance kind of attitude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the 300. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and our arrows will block the sun. And we will fight in the dark. Uh, this quarter, but still. With, with my old friend, Gerard Butler. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's, CGI there's a, story, there's a story for you guys. <laughs> well, you um, know Gerard, Gerard Butler too? <laughs> uh, yes. You know, my wife, that, my <laughs> yeah, wife may find that interesting. <laughs> no, I've, uh, I worked with him once on a TV, oh, wow. pro- on a TV program. Okay. Well, so did your dad throw him out a window too? <laughs> no, I didn't, no, uh, no, that was my father-in-law. <laughs> he threw everything. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, these aren't, these, aren't, these aren't stories for the public domain. <laughs> Another tellings of the wheel. Another tellings of the wheel. And Eric Clapton was being a and- dick. <laughs> <laughs> So doth the man with the white hair. Oh my god! Going you... out of the window. I'm smelling potential Patreon audio. That with the thunder and lightning in the background. And then I met Gerard Butler. 
Okay, sorry. Sorry, back on board. No, I've, I've got a few slip stories, uh, but I'm saving those for my next uh, Hungry Tories. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, uh, my next false cast. Anyway. I mean, I'll give you one. I, 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 I have one time achieved a level of drunk where it's meet Wesley Snipes and don't realize it drunk. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, met, met Wesley Snipes and, you know, I talked to him for a while and he left. And, you know, later that day, everybody was like, hey, Rob, what are you and Wesley Snipes talk about? I'm like, who? When? <laughs> Did that bloke you were talking with for an hour? Oh, oh didn't okay. realize that was him. Was that before he was right. in prison? <laughs> this might have been. I, I don't know. Maybe. I... <laughs> do you know? Uh, do you know the band Queens of the Stone Age? I do. I uh, so do you know? Uh, Nick, do you know who Nick Oliveri is? They're they're old bassist. I, I mean, I know of the band. I don't. I mean. I'm... Oh, okay. Yeah. Go so they're, they're old bassist. I think he left after the the third album. Uh, I've headbutted him. You what? <laughs> I've headbutted him. <laughs> anyway, and, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so Perrin goes to sleep. After being headbutted. Uh, yes. Yeah, being headbutted by Queens of the Stone Age, Perrin goes to sleep. <laughs> and for the first time in a while, just, uh, yeah, just, dream- just, just to be clear, that was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't I think you guys were at a concert and they're like Rrr! no that well I was at a concert and that guy was much bigger than me and I, I fell out of the mosh pit and head <laughs> <laughs> oh the, another tellings of the mosh pit I can go there with you too but not, not today today is not that day and Bill Duff be nudged in the back <laughs> <laughs> I've been to my share of a Lollapalooza so. anyway um so recently we've known that parents still has dreams but they're they're, they're all kinder Kinder and with wolves in there seemingly guarding. Yes. But uh, tonight it's a little different. Yes, tonight. Balzaman little... does show up. Yes. He's in Master Luhan's house, uh, yes. sharpening his axe. Uh, and Perrin does Perrin's always very conscious of things that aren't normal in his dream. So I'm gonna talk about that postscript. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, he's always very he's very conscious of the fact that you know uh, Mistress Luhan wouldn't normally let him sharpen tools in her kitchen uh, or in her house. All smithy work, even even if it was related to housework like sharpening the kitchen knives, had to be done outside. Um, and yeah, so he's kind of sitting there, just you know, blissfully, almost that sort of weird unawareness of the dream, but somehow also being aware of the things that are strange about the dream including the wolf that just sort of wanders in, sits down, sits on the floor there. And Mr. Um, Luhan is completely okay with it. Yeah, and she never reacts to anything during this whole dream sequence. She's just there yeah. washing her pots. Uh, but at this point, the wolf comes in, sits down, and then comes in Bielzaman. Bielzaman. Perry, you nudger. <laughs> I've been looking for you. You can't run from me. <laughs> yeah, the, whole, the whole, yeah, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I'm bad, I'm bad. Follow me, bend the knee, and all that crap. Yes, indeed. Uh, so Bialzmon, uh he goes, he sees the wolf and goes, ah, oh, this is what you have protecting you now, is it? And he sets the wolf on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, per- Perrin freaks out. He he jumps to the wolf's ashes. The it all goes to his hand. It covers his hands, and it's all sticky, sort of weird ash that he gets covered in. Goo. Why am I drippings with wolf goo? And Bialzmon says, if you are the one that I am looking for, you cannot hide from me. And uh, he throws a, a raven in his eye. <laughs> as you do. Why the eye? Always the ah, eyes. Ugh. Always the eye, yeah. Aaron feel, uh, Perrin feels it pop as well. <laughs> and that... Why? <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> and yeah. And <that's... laughs> are you killing me? And that's what, wakes Perrin, me? that's what wakes Perrin up from his dream. <laughs> and then who happens to be there when he wakes up? Yes. 
Lies yeah, by his side. Yeah, he, he says, like, yep. He says it looks like Linus is reaching out to wake him up, but you know, you know once you felt your eye pop, <laughs> you're up. <laughs> <sighs> Thankfully, Perrin hasn't lost an eye. His eye's fine. <laughs> it's uh, it's back to normal. There's no there's no there's no missing eye. I, I would like to pass this. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep them. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, Isla says, "All right, I think now's the time." <laughs> yeah. like, yep, you felt that too. Yep, we're gone. Yeah, we're gone. We're going to leave now. And even Rain, Rain, the the, the leader of the Tuath one. Um, uh, what's he called again? Uh, I've got the word oh, Mahil stuck in my head, but that's something completely different. Um, Mahil? No, no, that's, that's something that's, else. <laughs> that's something else from like book twelve. Um, <laughs> oh man. Anyway, but yeah, he he. I love the way that that. Yeah, I, I got jipped like, got... because I couldn't remember what it was, or I kept calling it the wrong thing in the last chapter. <laughs> yeah, I know, and I'm trying to flip now, but oh well. But I love the fact that like he's like, we gotta go now, and then Elias is like, okay, okay, um, we'll, we'll we'll set up a banquet, and you can leave in three days. He's like, no, now, but but the banquet, you know, it's, it's the whole way the leak thing. It just cracks me up. Are you looking to? <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Good quality. Good quality, uh, good quality uh, podcasting when neither of us paying attention to what's going on. I know, I know. Well, I'm a... <laughs> uh, but yes, the the leader, the leader of the two off one, um, whatever they're called. <laughs> um, I can't believe that because <laughs> because yeah, I, I just, kept I kept calling the calm things one. like that. Now, well, maybe he's the Coromor, or maybe he's the Karkarn. Karkarn. Is that what they're called? No, I'm the Karkarn. <laughs> Karkarn. Karkarn or Karkarn? <laughs> Marty. Yeah. Anyway, Mardi, that's it. Well done. Yeah. So, Rain, the Mardi <laughs> of the Tuath one. <laughs> Tinkers, uh, who stole my pots. Um, <laughs> he's even like, he, he walks up to him and goes, mm, I think you guys should leave. <laughs> <laughs> he's like looking at the sky going, yeah, something, something to you guys. It's just like, does everybody know <laughs> that, that Perrin's just, you know, shot his eye? Um, <clears throat> and so. yeah, so they basically, you know, they all agree to leave. Um, even even Perrin surprised that Egwene doesn't put up a fight. She straight away. Well, she straight away. Aram certainly. Uh, Aram, the petulant little shit that he is, he 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 storms off after he realizes Egwene is not going to stay. Oh yeah, he's probably yeah. bought her about. <laughs> yeah, you know, hopefully nothing ever comes of that. Yes, uh, but yeah. So uh, Egwene, yeah, Egwene makes the effort to leave, and um, yeah, on top on top Bella she rides, and off they drop. And and Egwene gets one of the better burns in this book at the end of the chapter <laughs> yes right at the end of the chapter you want to you want to you want to go with that yeah. <laughs> yeah. i got i so, got Egwin. is giving some womanly advice from isla and then parent yeah. says because men he, don't need advice of being men we just are and then she goes what, what she says <laughs> she says oh, well that's probably why you're such a, that's probably why you make such a bad job of it <laughs> up ahead isla cackled uh, isla's cackled loudly and also, I was like, somewhere, somehow, Nina would, Nani would be pleased. Very pleased, yes. Yeah, because he asks her, doesn't he? Like, hey, what did you spend all that time talking to? Uh... And she's like, just give me some womanly advice. <laughs> Men don't need it, we just are. <laughs> no, he, uh, he says, advice, nobody tells us how to be men, we just are. Yeah, I love it. So, so funny. And that finishes our Shelter from the Storm, because, you know, now everyone's like, eh, bugger off. <laughs> and we switch perspective to footprints in the air. And we now. Footprints in air. We're now looking at the world from Nynaeve's point of view. Nynaeve! <laughs> 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 
So our lovely, friendly crew, Nynaeve, Mulrain, and Lane, are approaching Whitebridge. Yeah. Nynaeve scolds herself, scolds herself for staring at the bridge in wonder. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't want she doesn't want them thinking she's some sort of country bumpkin. <laughs> but she is, but, you know, but whatever. But yeah, she's like, God, it looks like it's made out of like spider silk. <laughs> it looks like it's going to collapse <laughs> under its own weight. Exactly. Um, but she's trying not to gawk. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's not really too much going on here. She's kind of mostly just complaining to herself about uh, how, uh, yeah, she just seems to lose every single argument <laughs> with Moraine. And uh, it really annoys her that she just loses the arguments because she's not used well, to it. It's not that, maybe not even that she loses the argument, but the fact that she can't get a rise out of Moraine at all. She's yes. unflappable. And that just is more of a burr in her side. And also, um, Lan. <laughs> she finds Lan. Why, why does she care so much about Lan? I don't know. <laughs> but at this point, she's just like, God, he's just, and <laughs> she's infuriating that bloody Lan. He only says 12 words a day, and every single one just winds me up. <laughs> uh, whoa, hey, hey, family podcaster. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I think wind me up might mean something different in the UK. No, I think it means both, but <laughs> it's all right. Oh, okay. it both ways. <laughs> Okay, well, in the UK, why me up just means you know, getting uh, annoyed with something. It does here too, but it can also be other reasons. But uh, no, so <laughs> I'll, I'll have to use that more. <laughs> so want me to wind you up, baby? <laughs> so one of the things that they were arguing about is where they should be going because I guess through the coins, Maureen was able to discern that one separated from the three. So now there's two different sets of parties out there well yes because she knows perrin's got his coin uh, yes she no she, she knows one of them has their coin not necessarily that's perrin oh okay i feel like she would know which one's got which coin you do because uh, maybe she never really i guess i feel like she's being uh purposely obtuse towards uh, uh, no that could be too. towards Nynaeve. but um but yeah i feel like she will know that perrin still got his coin um, okay uh, but yeah, she knows Matt and Rand no longer have their coins. But she keeps telling her that when she gets close to the boys, she'll know where they are. Yes, so there's and... obviously some sort of deeper connection that she's made. Yeah, uh, and if she can be where they recently were, she can tell that too. Mm. But as Moraine said, with um, when she was teaching Egwene like chap many chapters ago, uh, like you know, basic use of the one power, and she was using her little uh, medallion thing she wears on her head. Yes. And she tell like she does say to Egwene, like the medallion, uh, the medallion itself has no power, but it just helps concentrate the mind. So okay. I kind of feel like she's made some sort of uh, you know magical link using the one power to the three boys, but she's able to determine where they are anywhere in the world by using those big silver dollars that she gave them yes. as a aid <clears throat> to sort of help the link. And yeah, of them. But once the boys gave up their coins to Captain Domin earlier on, uh, she lost that link. Yeah, but then I guess ninety. The argument is Maureen's trying to explain to her. She said, "Listen, the one with the coin, I could follow him to the ends of the earth." Yep. But the other two, I have a trail of the other two. We need to stick to this trail. <clears throat> exactly. Well, ninety is more like, well, if we know where he is, let's go get the one that we know. We know. Basically, ninety is just saying saying that the sky is red. Because, you know, just to be argumentative. So they, they obviously decide to stick with the trail and she naive acquiesces to, to Maureen's logic because, you know, you, no other choice. You have to logic with the as to die is what they live with. So you, you, you can't help but follow it. 
But this is, um, a, very, this is a very angsty chapter for Nynaeve. Yes! She's just, she's just constantly worried about where everyone is, what they're doing, and she can get so little information out of uh, Moraine that I'm not surprised that she's getting so frustrated. And this is a good character building for Nynaeve, too. We, we, get, we get that she seems to be always pissy, but we also get to see, get to see that she really does care and she takes you know like a motherly approach to these guys even though she may be what four years older indeed yeah uh, so yeah but i mean she is always pissy she is always pissy yes uh, she's such a pissy little person <laughs> <clears throat> she's still under the guise of you know i will learn the one power and i will use it to get my revenge on you marie damadred so. <laughs> yeah bitch yeah exactly <laughs> I'm gonna smack you up. <laughs> it's it, it, it's like it, you know in her inner monologue, she's like, "I wish she wasn't here." <laughs> and then that means, "Oh, so you wish to be alone with Lan?" Oh wait, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, at one point as well, Lan even turns her to go uh, to go back to the two rivers, isn't? It? Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, just you, you can go." Yeah. Once we get to Whitebridge, you should probably head back. Nothing, nothing's behind us now. <laughs> and of course, that you know, as everything else just pisses her off more. Yeah, she's just like, what? <laughs> I ain't no pussy fool. <laughs> I, I love Nadine. I always imagined her being like proper like Two Rivers, two rivers gangster style. <laughs> two Rivers represent. <laughs> we got Jamaican language. I think you should go home. There's <laughs> some guns for the road. Yeah, man, here's a bacon sandwich. Take it home. Back to your Two Rivers. <laughs> 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 foo! Uh, uh, foo I didn't raise no foo. I put a cap in your ass. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, so... I'll put a weave in your ass. <laughs> yeah, I'll get, put a weave right up your. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. Um, so, the, anyway, our, our, our lovely trio enter the, two, enter the two rivers. No, enter the white bridge. And they cross the bridge, the wonderful bridge, which looks very wet, but uh, they manage to keep their footing. Although uh, Nanive does stop for a blue, brief second at the bottom of the bridge, which really winds herself up. Yeah, that's the whole... <laughs> that she didn't trust it quite yeah. enough, despite the fact she saw <laughs> Moraine and things. She's like, I stopped. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> Why I did I do that? That makes me look like such a dick. God, no, no, I'm really angry. <laughs> yeah, she's just so angry at herself in this chapter. It's, it's great. <clears throat> so uh, what do they see when they crest the top of the bridge? Uh, smoke. <laughs> Smoldering ruins. Indeed, or they or a certain person's certain, boat. Yep, random buildings. And I think as they're passing people leaving the city, no two stories are the same. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, wildfire to this to that to the you know, oh I left the oven on, you know, and all that stuff. But <laughs> I, I think it was <laughs> I, <like that>. <laughs> <laughs> I think Naive even comments that, you know buildings it's not a uniform fire like individual buildings are are lit up yes so, so she knows something else has happened here something it's not, yeah it's not your simple thing it's you know the people in this town have gone nuts and burnt a few burnt a few build burnt a few select buildings to the ground i mean we know that you know when when the boys left white bridge you know word was just starting to spread about potential dark friends then lo and behold, Kevin shows up at the center square. Some old crazy guy with a big white beard yelling, "Run!" And you know, <laughs> and then him, and then him, him and Kevin start you know rolling around on the floor. 
Yeah. Getting a bit hot under the collar. <laughs> Having a little Kevin Tom babies. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> Kevin Tom babies. <laughs> okay. uh, anyway. Kevons. <laughs> My name is Kevin Marilyn. <laughs> I am from, I hail from Whitebridge. Um, <laughs> All right. What, what happens next? I've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely less back now. I've just got this horrible image of <laughs> of Tom tonguing a murderer. Um, <laughs> oh, we're getting that explicit manner for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we've just lost half our listeners. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, God, yeah, I've I've completely lost it now. I've got no idea what happens at the end of this chapter. I think I think they kind of get a feel like I think they end up. Um, we do get a wheel weaves as the wheel wills uh, quote from Maureen in this chapter too, so I yes. gotta add that to the counter. Yeah, definitely do. Um, you know, look, <clears throat> see on fire. I think we actually got two of those from um, the Marty as well, maybe the last chapter. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh, um, I, I heard you mention it on the on the pod, and uh, I, I I tagged it onto the counters too. Ah, sweet. Okay. So, uh, oh no, I mean, do... uh, in the chapter we've just read, Shelter from the Storm. I'm pretty sure he says wheel wheel weaves. Uh, see, you're you're a little vague about that. I was going with actually wheel weaves as the wheel wills, but you're 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 kind of opening that up to like any interpretation of it. But. Oh yeah, no, not the um, not not the goodbye sequence between Eilis and uh, the guy. Uh, but um, you were you were talking about in in that way back when the, they were leaving the two leaving Emmett's field, and every time like Tom showed up and then Edwin showed up, and my way was like that's just the way it is. Oh, that's okay. the way the cookie crumbles. Oh, I, I thought she was like really saying like you know. Or very close to the wheel weaves. <laughs> it's like it goes here. The wheel weaves. <laughs> Tom's so here. I'm, the wheel weaves. I'm actually flipping through the pages of the chapter, and there's one thing that I noticed too. Um, our first mention of the red Aja I see on here too was oh. mentioned in this chapter. So I think they've mentioned before that there were subsections of Aes Sedai, and maybe that we were learned that Moraine might be of blue. Yeah. But we're starting to open up a little bit. I think. I think. Um, Actually, I think about it. Did, did Tom mention the Red Aja when he was speaking about Owen? Or he just said the Aes no, Sedai he got him? he got into trouble with the Aes Sedai. But, but not specifically does, Red Aja. He does mention to the boys when um, when they talk about um, going to Tarvalon and he's trying to convince them to maybe take a different route mm-hmm. or, or go or just head south to Ilian. And he says, God, what would you even do in Tarvalon? Do you even know one Aja from the other? Yeah, that was, okay, that was the line. Good, good, good recall. Thank but, you. um, <laughs> sometimes my brain works when, when i'm not thinking of uh tom and kevin getting... sometimes the sun, the sun even shines on a dog's ass right yeah indeed you know when as long as kevin and tom aren't going all barry white on me i'm all right for a bit <laughs> <laughs> i mean they get the, i guess i guess the rest of the chapter is a lot of a lot of uh figuring out what to do next um my rain can discern that the boys left on an easterly pattern Yep, because again, she's so, um, she's like a hound dog. She can sense their trail. Yep. Uh, they realized that you know there was a merdral somewhere in the town. Yes, that's right. Land, land can sense that the merdral was in town somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <clears throat> as I mentioned in Discord, you know he probably he probably picked up the scent of the of the good of the good of the good roll, good gaunch. That's that's how, that's how he tracks the Kevins. And then. Um, <clears throat> And uh, yeah, and uh, I think we sort of end just with Nani sort of again just poking at Moraine going, What about Egwene? And she's like, God, look, I hope 
I really want to. <laughs> so I'd get so frustrated with my knee. I'd be like slapping her by this point. I know. I mean, she, she cares. She cares like, so much. I but... do care. She's a very powerful person with the one power. I don't want to give up on a young woman who can wield the one power. Maureen did. Maureen did give a little bit. She, she did give a little bit of emotion, I think. Yeah. But it's just like, I, I would just be screaming at her saying, stop winding me up. <laughs> For God's sakes. I don't I didn't give Egwene a goddamn coin. I don't yes. hope I hope she's with them. I don't know. Do you realize how long I've been trying to find this one child? <laughs> <laughs> I've narrowed it down to three boys. I didn't think there'd be two people really good with the one power in the same place. <laughs> Who yes. could have predicted it? Then and then and then I like, well, oh, am I one of the people that you're not gonna get rid of? You're not gonna let go easily? <laughs> damn right about it. <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> Yeah, am I one of these one one of these one uh, can't speak. Am I one of the young women who won't give up? We'll see about that. That A said I, like burn you, we'll see about that. Um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, they basically yeah, they basically end chapter by setting off down the Camlin Camelin Road. There you go. Yes. I think I think that was a good one to double up on, don't you, Rob? Yeah, no, it was, it was. Um yeah, the yeah, first chapter the, was the last chapter was a lot of just both <laughs> chapters were outside of the you know. Yeah, well, Footprints Dancing. in the Air was very short, so, you know, um, so it definitely had to be added on somewhere. And like I say, it's mostly just Nynaeve being angsty with Moraine about... Yeah, Footprints in the Air was just, yeah, angsty and naive, you know, character building there. The other chapter was was Perrin uh, watching women dance inductively, then having to go to bed. Yep. So. <laughs> then having a bad dream. <laughs> Draw with that from you what? What do you then, want? <laughs> then having a bad dream and then accidentally getting something in his eye. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, you know, they, they were kind of short, but... Um, but you know, the first chapter had a lot of meat in it at the beginning, mostly describing the Tuath one. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, that brings us to uh, an end. That brings us to readings, readings with, with Rob. Rob. And now, the Taviren present to you Readings with Rob. Chapter 27, Shelter from the Storm. According to Rain, the girls did not dance that dance often, and the woman rarely did. And according to Elias, it was thanks to Perrin's blushes that they did so every night thereafter. I have to thank you, Elias told him, his tone sober and solemn. It's different with you young fellows, but at my age, it takes more than a fire to warm my bones. Perrin scowled. There was something about Elias's back as he walked away that said even if nothing showed, he was laughing inside. Perrin soon learned better than to look away from the dancing women and girls, though the winks and smiles still made him wish he could. One would have been all right, maybe, but five or six, with everyone watching? He never did entirely conquer his blushes. Then Egwene began learning the dance. Two of the girls who had danced that first night taught her, clapping the rhythm while she repeated the shuffling steps with a borrowed shawl swaying behind her. Perrin started to say something, but decided it was wiser not to crack his teeth. When the girls added the hip movements, Egwene started laughing, and the three girls fell giggling into one another's arms. But Egwene persevered, with her eyes glistening and bright spots of color in her cheeks. Aram watched her dancing with a hot, hungry gaze. The handsome young Tuatha'an had given her a string of blue beads that she wore all the time. 
Worried frowns now replaced the smiles Isla had worn when she first noticed her grandson's interest in Egwe. Perrin resolved to keep a close eye on young Master Aram. Once he managed to get Egwene alone, beside a wagon painted in green and yellow. Enjoying yourself, aren't you? He said. Why shouldn't I? She fingered the blue beads around her neck, smiling at them. We don't all have to work at being miserable the way you do. Don't we deserve a little chance to enjoy ourselves? Aram stood not far off. He never got far from Egwene. With his arms folded across his chest, a little smile on his face, half smugness and half challenge. Perrin lowered his voice. I thought you wanted to get to Tarvalon. You won't learn to be nice to die here. Egwene tossed her head. And I thought you didn't like me wanting to become an Aes Sedai, she said, too sweetly. Blood and ashes, do you believe we're safe here? Are those people safe with us here? A fae could find us any time. Her hand trembled on the beads. She lowered it and took a deep breath. Whatever is going to happen will happen whether we leave today or next week. That's what I believe now. Enjoy yourself, Perrin. It might be the last chance we have. She brushed his cheek sadly with her fingers. Then Aram held out his hand to her, and she darted to him, already laughing again. As they ran away to where the fiddling sang, Aram flashed a triumphant grin over his shoulder at Perrin, as if to say, She is not yours, but she will be mine. They were falling too much under the spell of the people, Perrin thought. Elias is right. They don't have to try and convert you to the way of the leaf. It seeps into you. Chapter 28. Footprints in Air Where are we going? Nynaeve demanded of the warder. The mood in the room was such that she kept her voice low, but she made sure it was firm, too. After the boat? Lan looked at Marae who shook her head slightly and said, First, I must find the one I can be sure of finding, and at present he is somewhere to the north of us. I do not think the other two went with the boat in any case. A small, satisfied smile touched her lips. They were in this room, perhaps a day ago, no more than two, afraid, but they left alive. The trace would not have lasted without that strong emotion. Which two? Nynaeve leaned over the table intently. Do you know? The Aes Sedai shook her head, the slightest of motions, and Nynaeve settled back. If they're only a day or two ahead, why don't we go after them first? I know they were here, Maureen said in that unsufferably calm voice. But beyond that, I cannot say if they went east, north, or south. I trust they are smart enough to have gone east towards Camelin, but I do not know, and lacking their tokens, I will not know where they are until I am perhaps within a half a mile. In two days they could have gone twenty miles, or forty, in any direction, if fear urged them, and they were certainly afraid when they left here. But wisdom, however fearful they were, in whatever direction they ran, eventually they will remember Camelin, and it is there where I will find them. But I will help the one I can find now, first. Nynaeve opened her mouth again, but Lan cut her off in a soft voice. 
they had reasons to be afraid. He looked around, then lowered his voice. There was a Hoffman here. He grimaced the way he had in the square. I can still smell him anywhere. Marvain sighed. I will keep hope until I know it is gone. I refuse to believe the Dark One can win so easily. I will find all three of them alive and well. I must believe it. I want to find the boys too, Nydeve said. But what about Edwin? You never mentioned her, and you ignore me when I ask. I thought you were going to take care of her to... She glanced at the other table and then lowered her voice. To Tarvalon. The Aes Sedai studied the tabletop for a moment before raising her eyes to Nynaeve's. And when she did, Nynaeve started back from a flush of anger that almost seemed to make Marraine's eyes glow. Then her back stiffened, her own anger rising, but before she could even say a word, the Aes Sedai spoke coldly. I hope to find Egwin alive and well too. I do not easily give up young women with that much ability once I have found them. But it will be as the wheel weaves. Nynaeve felt a cold ball in the pit of her stomach. Am I one of those young women who you won't give up? We'll see about that, I said I. The light burn you will see about that. The meal was finished in silence, and it was a silent three who rode through the gates down the Cameland Road. Ma Rain's eyes searched the horizon to the northeast. Behind them, the smoke-stained town of Whitebridge cowered. That was Readings with Rob. If there's a passage in an upcoming chapter you wish to have read on the podcast, simply tweet us at TavirNPod with your request. And that was your double up of Readings with Rob. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait to hear your naive voice again. Oh. <laughs> hear what you want. <laughs> what you want, boy? <laughs> what you what you what you want? What you what you what you want? <laughs> I'm coming down on my rain with a sabotage. <laughs> oh. oh yes, beastie, beastie boys. <laughs> All right. What you, what you, what you, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think we say beastie boys one. I think I say beastie boys one. <laughs> well, welcome to the beastie boys of time. Um. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yes. So, so next week. I think we've just got a single chance next week. We have what? Eyes? I don't know. I put, the, I put my, my book down. My uh, Perrin loses an eye. No, yeah, eyes without pity. <laughs> yeah. Perrin's eyeless without pity. Means I need to catch up on my readings and stuff. Oh boy. Eyes without pity. And this is a, this is an, that's an exciting one. Yes. That's how you'll feel about me if I didn't get, if I don't get caught up in time. You'll have eyes without pity. <laughs> pity without eyes. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. So. Uh, that brings us to a close. I am very thirsty. Very, very well, thirsty. A lot of talking, a lot of talk. I... <clears throat> Rich owes us a drink. <laughs> Rich, pint. Call the cabana boy over. I'm going to, I'm going to go chat up at Aram's mum. Her fires are looking very warming right now. <laughs> someone, someone hand me a flyer here says, uh, watch the Tuathon dance. So I'm going to check and see what that's about. <laughs> Excellent. Same here. <laughs> I've got I've got a front row ticket. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Beautiful. All right, then. Will Weaves, mate. I'll see you later. Peace. Now that our heroic trio have left the familiar confines of the two rivers, they find themselves being chased by all sorts of denizens of the Dark One. Our party has been scattered, and the boys separated from Marvain and Lan. 
Let us hope that luck, or some other force, can keep them safe. Uh, Bill? Bill? Billiam! Put that dagger down! You have no idea where in creation that's been. No, no, Rich. I don't have an extra cloak with me. Maybe if you didn't ride your horse straight into the Aranel, you wouldn't have this problem, hmm? For crying out loud, Robert, I know that girl from Berlon said weird things to you, but you shouldn't let it get under your skin so much. What are you, Eleven? You all remind me of a younger version of myself. Why, back in Watch Hill, I... This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com.